Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his nearly superhuman knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Plan with the Tax Man. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. As always, with Tony Morrow talking about all things investing, finance, retirement, taxes, all that good stuff here on the show. As always, we appreciate your time. And Tony, buddy, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. Glad to be back from the holidays and getting busy. I know. Yeah, it's been hectic already. So we are in, this is our first, technically this is our first podcast of the new year. Uh, So obviously the new year kicked off a little heavy, a little busy. So lots to catch up on and get into. We've got several things we're going to talk about. But before we jump into our main topic, let me ask you a question. Uh, Speaking of the new year, IRS contribution limits changed. So let's discuss that real quick. Uh, $6,000 for any type of IRA, $7,000 to $50 and older. Correct? Is that right? That is correct. But we've also we increased the limits, you know, for the 401ks and some other uh, retirement plans. Okay. They're doing a $500 increase, 19500 And then if you're 50 plus, all the way up to 26000 And they've also bumped up this, the contributions on the SEPs and the SIMPLES hmm. and even the uh, HSA. So I would encourage everybody to check with their financial advisor or their tax man or woman to see what those are because those are an important piece of, you know, hopefully what you're doing to save for retirement. Yeah. And that, it seems like they do this, what, about every other year? It seems like we're, we're kind of touching on the fact that it's $500 bumps or so. Because I don't think it was last year, was it? They didn't do uh, much last year, but it generally they're doing something every year, mm-hmm. just bumping them up for, you know, probably just, you know, inflationary purposes. Right. Uh, which, like I say, for those of us that are at or near those limits, it, I always encourage people that if they can to, you know, you bump yours up too. Right, if right. They bump up the limits, yes. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times people feel like they're, you know, maybe behind the eight ball. I think we all get to, let's say, 50, and we're kind of like, yeah, you know, I probably should be putting more away. And, you know, while it may not necessarily set you for retirement, you know, let's say, for the example, the 26,000, if you're 50 plus, I mean, if you did that for the next 10 to 15 years, so let's say from 50 to 65, that's a pretty good chunk of change you're able to put really? away. It sure is. You know, uh, you take the 260 and then you, you know, add a little bit of some sort of reasonable rate of return to Mm -hmm, that. Right. And, you know, yeah, by 65, it's going to be well worth your time and effort to do that. I mean, it it, more than likely it's invested properly, diversified and all that. It's going to be well worth more than the 260 that you started with. So, I mean, you're you're probably somewhere what, 300 to maybe 450, maybe even a half a million dollars, depending on how it's invested and how the markets do, do over that time, obviously. But certainly, yeah. you know, half a million dollars goes a long way towards helping retirement. It goes a long way. <laughs> That's and I'll exactly. tell you, once I turn 50, you know, you really start thinking about that more than yeah. you ever have. So Very true. Very true. All right. So, folks, again, the contribution limits have increased yet again. So if you are not working with Tony and you're checking out the podcast, give him a call and see how he can help you out with uh, getting yourself planned correctly for retirement. That's what he does at Tax Doctor, Inc. Uh, Of course, he is a EA and a certified financial planner as well. All right. So let's get into our main topic on this first one here. This uh, our podcast today. And we are going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, about good old cash. Good old Mm -hmm. Benjamins. You got to like the Benjamins. You always got to like having a lot of cash. And most people wish they had more. Oh, very true. All right. So do we all want the healthy bank account, right? We all feel, you know, that definitely. I mean, that's, I get it. And we all kind of have like this, 
I don't know, it's like a magical number that we somehow ex- seems to exist in each person's head that they want to see like in their savings account or in their, you know, whatever, right? Like, oh, I don't feel comfortable if I don't have X dollars or whatever the case might be. And of course, we, like you said, we always want more, but it can be counterproductive, especially again, from our standpoint here on the podcast, we're typically talking to retirees and pre-retirees. So too much cash, you know, get you a little bit of a little trouble there because it's not necessarily trouble, but it's just not being effective. It's not doing as much as you'd like it to do. So with that in mind, what are some of the possible uses of cash that, you know, make it a good idea to have that sufficient amount on hand? And and are we talking about simply an emergency fund, Tony? Are we talking about above that where we're just, it's basically just sitting there doing nothing? Well, I think we're talking about above that. What I see in most people is, the first thing they'll do is say, well, you know, I do have a savings account, mm-hmm. but it's just one account. And that kind of is supposed to cover their emergency fund when things break down in the house, their vacations, their Christmas fund. And so to me, I think it's more important to break off into separate accounts for every little thing. You know, you should have your emergency fund in one account that should be funded for if you are working, you know, the emergency happens, you lose your job. Gotcha. You know, you've got to have living expenses for so long, but you should break up your, you know, your quote home repairs fund, your travel fund, and and then fund those just like you're in your own little mini business. So that way, you know, you know how much you've got to have in each of those every year so that you don't have to stress out about when the dishwasher goes out or you want to take a vacation, you know, things like that. So I think the more of those you have and can fund properly over time, is you're going to be much less stressed about, you know, cash. Now, above those things, I don't think you should have just another, say, you know, 40, 50. I've seen people with as much as $100,000 right. sitting in a checking or savings because there's just no earnings on them. Yeah, that, but, and that's the counterproductive side, right? It's just basically you're losing money safely. Yeah, you're losing money safely. And if you've got all those other things covered, you probably should move that into something that at least gets you a little bit of earnings, you know, even if it's a CD, money market, some short term type of things. Right. Yeah. I mean, because when's the last time anybody had a hundred thousand dollar emergency? I mean, I guess some people right. do, depending on your lifestyle, but still, yeah, that's not, I mean, I, and I, and again, I get it. There's an emotional component to looking at it and going, I just feel better seeing X number of dollars. Yeah. Um, so that kind of begs the question then, you know, how much is an appropriate amount to have? I know it varies from person to person. Is there, I don't know, is there, I know like for emergency funds, sometimes some people will say six months worth or 12 months worth of expenses should you lose your job or whatever. I don't know. What's your thoughts? Well, my thoughts for emergency fund, I, you know, is, it really runs along the general consensus with most planners is, you know, three to six months okay. of, you know, your living expenses, you know, for an emergency fund. The key there, though, is that should only be for emergencies. We shouldn't be tapping that for vacations and my car breaks down because, you know, I think you should have a separate fund for that. And and that should be, you know, everybody's different, but five, seven, eight thousand dollars in that one just to cover things that come up. And then beyond that, you know, again, I'm a big different funds guy. I'm, I'm the old Dave Ramsey, the old envelope system. I like to have a fund <laughs> for everything. Okay. And I you know, a little bit gets allocated to each one and then I'm covered. Right. Uh, But most people don't think like that, but I I try to get them to think like that because then that way, once you have all that covered, you shouldn't really have a lot of cash on hand other than to pay your expenses and and go out and 
I, I call it have fun with. Now, I, I've heard people say stuff like like any other investment, no more than five or ten percent. You'll hear things like that as well. Right. Um, is that kind of does that kind of fall in that same line? Okay, so you've got your your buckets for your different things, emergencies and whatnot, and then additionally sitting in cash. Let's be smart and not do more than five percent or so, because again, it's not working hard for you if you have much more than that. It's just kind of sitting there. That's right. I, I generally use between the five and ten when we're okay. doing planning. After, if we can get clients to use the different buckets and or envelopes, then yeah, after that, you've got enough to pay your bills every month. You know, and you have a little bit of a cushion just in case, but that, you know, then the rest should be working for you somehow. Okay. Well, I'm going to jump to this last question here because I think the other one we kind of already answered. So for maybe a client or a potential client, Tony, that comes in and talks with you, who's gotten used to having a large amount, let's say that $100,000 person we were just talking about, and you're trying to talk with them about, okay, this is just too much sitting there. What's a way they can invest more efficiently? You know, without necessarily giving themselves a heart attack because they're watching, you know, let's say they're jumping into the, you know, the market right now, obviously, when it's new, you know, new highs every other day, it seems like. What's some smart ways to maybe peel that ridiculously too much cash back? Any ideas there, something you can share with us? Well, I would say the first thing is, uh, of course, before you even put the money in, is decide on some, you know, conservative type of investment, if you will just to kind of get started, you know, of course, and everybody's different, depends on their goals and their risk appetite and all that. But all that being aside, and once you have that determined, really, you know, I still like the old fashioned dollar cost averaging, so that depending on what you are going into, you know, you're not just throwing $100,000, let's say into a, a bond fund, for example, right. And then all of a sudden rates go up and the prices of the bond fund, you know, go down and then and then you, you can't figure out what happened. And, and that's, uh, again, t- too much stress. You know, okay. it, we have all this stuff coming at us already every day. We don't need that. So I, that's what I recommend is just going slow, you know, and especially in high markets, like you said, no reason to just jump on in. Well, it's what is this? The adage, uh, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? One little bite. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So same thing. If you, you know, if you do have way too much cash sitting there, don't just, uh, and you're working with an advisor and they're deciding to do that. Yeah. Like you said, don't maybe just go ahead and just break it all down. Uh, right. do things gradual too. Cause that will help you kind of deal with the stress or the, the, uh, would be quote unquote heart attack of seeing it all go down. Uh, it's not necessarily going down. It's just going into different, hopefully, uh, allocations and investment vehicles that are just going to make it work a little harder for you. Cause I mean, interest rates are still, you know, they're pretty, you know, let's be honest, they're still pretty much garbage. So yeah. you're not, I get anything yeah. at the bank, right? Nope. I get anything there. And, you know, it's, you know, we talk about a lot about, you know, having it work for you, but same time, preservation of principle, return of principle is, if, at least for most of our clients, is the number one goal. Right. Yeah, I was talking with somebody a while back and they were talking about, uh, they kind of look at their money as different types of, uh, well, how they word that kind of different groupings of the military, like uh, soldiers, if you will, and each mm-hmm. and each soldier, like each division of money, has its job to you know go out and conquer, or so on and so forth, and like you know be effective in recruiting more soldiers, so making more money, basically, right? So you want right. to have like job, you know, like your your money needs to have a job, just like you have a job. What's its job? What's it doing? And is it being effective in uh, in growing? And of course, some, some of that stuff's going to sit there. But again, if you have too much, you have what we call lazy money and you're just kind of you're losing purchasing power and all that kind of stuff. So that's the idea of of not getting too enamored with the Benjamins. Uh, we all like looking at them, that's for sure, but we want to make sure that we're being effective and not just having too much cash. 
cash and is sitting around not doing us any good. So that was our main topic this week on the podcast with Tony. If you got questions or concerns, as always, make sure you check them out online. You can go to yourplanningpros.com. That is yourplanningpros.com. Subscribe to this podcast while you're there. Google, Spotify, uh, iHeart, Stitcher, lots of different platforms that you can choose from. We make it easy for you to hopefully share that as well as subscribe. And uh, if you do have questions, always, always, always check with a qualified professional before you take any action. And you can call Tony, if need be, at 844-707-7381. That's 844-707-7381. All right, my friend, i got an email question here before I let you go this week from Beth in West Des Moines. And Beth says, Tony, I could sell the house right now for a half million and I only owe a thousand, a hundred thousand, excuse me, on that. So, and I'm 57, but I'm thinking about selling it, downsizing, and then using that extra cash, roughly four hundred thousand or so, to retire now. Is that a bad idea? Well, I would say without knowing any more facts, right off the top, yes, I wouldn't agree with that idea at okay. all. But there could be other, ex, you know, extenuating circumstances. But off the top of my head, so you sell it for five hundred, you owe a hundred, so you're going to net four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Granted. Assuming she's lived there for uh, any two of the last five years, the gain's not going to be taxable. So throwing that aside, okay, you know your your first inkling is well, four hundred thousand. That sounds pretty good, but at fifty seven, there's a lot of life left. <laughs> a lot generally. of retiring years, yeah, yeah, ahead of you. And you know, even if you can put that money to work at let's say four or five percent, you know, that's going to be you know depleted assuming you live to 75, 80 years old, which is, you know, the norm these days. So if it were me, and, and then you, we're not even addressing the fact that, well, you've got to put some of that money maybe into another place unless you go back into a mortgage, which I don't particularly uh, like. So I don't know how much you'd even have there to, to even invest. It sounds good right off the top, but I think there's more to think about there, and I would definitely get some advice on that. Yeah, and there's, I mean, granted, she doesn't mention, we have no idea if she has any other savings set aside or retirement accounts, uh, a 401k, or um, we're assuming maybe she probably right. does. So yeah. there's probably some other things in there. So definitely need some more information. And the one piece that I would definitely toss out there, Beth, as well, is what are you going to do from a medical standpoint from 57 to 65? Exactly, exactly. I mean, you you know, if, if you're retiring from somewhere, you know, you can't get on Medicare. Right. So you're going to have to, you know, that eight years, man. That's, insurance. That's a long time, yeah. It's expensive, and uh, you know, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take that into account. So again, yeah. you know, you got to kind of plan all that out and and take all that into account. And yeah. then, if it's still a good idea, if you think it is, then then you can make that decision with all the facts. Well, and Beth, you may already have answers to some of these. You just didn't share those with us. So based on yeah. this information, I would definitely say talk with your advisor and uh, spend more time chatting about that. Look at all your numbers, uh, or reach out to Tony as well. And you know, I was I was thinking about it. We mentioned the the medical side. Tony, it's so funny now that things are so out of skewed. Remember how it used to be that if you said, well, I'm going to have to do Cobra for a certain amount of time, you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so crazy expensive. Isn't it wild that Cobra is like not the craziest option now because things right. are so out of control? Isn't that nuts? It's crazy. You know, I, so. I think we, we still have to fix this oh, you know, no, as, for sure. as a nation. Yeah. I mean, because it's just, it's out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was but, looking at some stuff the other day, and it was like somebody was pointing out that Cobra's not the worst option. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. who would have thought that? 
So there you go. So Beth, all right. So check into those things. Definitely the medical side as well, because eight years is a long time to not have something in place. All right. So that's our show for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to Plan with the Tax Man. As always, please, please, please subscribe to the podcast. We certainly would appreciate it. Share the message with someone who might benefit from that as well. Sure, that's just basically sharing the podcast with them and see if they can enjoy a little, uh, a few nuggets of useful information that we do here from time to time on the podcast. And Tony, my friend, thanks so much. I'll catch you in a couple of weeks. I hope you have a good one. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you next time here on Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow, Des Moines Professional Alternative at Tax Doctor Inc. Don't forget to go to yourplanningpros.com. That's yourplanningpros.com. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through Avantax Insurance Agency.